Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, who, of course, as we always say, has to be here because Giannis posted another triple-double. The last time the Bucks beat the Wizards, it was his second in a row, and I believe that was the first time he had back-to-back triple-doubles in his career. Well, he's made it three now. The Bucks beat the Wizards 133-122. to 122. He is a joy to watch right now, Frank. And not only that, I mean, he is just having an absolute ball out on the court at the moment. Um, I feel like you should, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm potentially creating work for you if you actually do this, but either it's, Kane, you should splice it in or, or, or people should just go watch it on the, you can find it on the Bucks Twitter account. Uh, Giannis talking about, when asked about uh, whether he's looking forward to the game against Philly <laughs> on Wednesday and, and then just sort of kind of smiling and saying that actually he's looking forward to his tomorrow, his day off, his pepperoni pizza, his smoothie, his chicken wings. And then he, he kept going. See, that was kind of the funny part. But at the end, um, I'm assuming you were well aware of this because you attend every press conference. And I don't know, maybe you even answered the ask the question. I have no idea who asked the question. And at the end, he starts talking about, you know, we just want to leave. We just want to get better. And then he says, and, he, and then he basically says something. He said something like, not, not win, but we just want to get better. Every day. And, and it's like, it, he's, he's so at ease and just, you know, I mean, especially when they win, obviously. Um, he's just like really in a, it just seems like he's in a very good mental place right now. And obviously it's, it's showing on the court as well as he is just playing really under control tonight, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, a block, plus 21 in 36 minutes, six out of six free throws. He's, I just was looking three games since the all-star break. He's hit 95% of his free throws. That's pretty good. Um, I think what he's, he's, uh, what was he? He was seven for seven the first game, six for six this game. And I think he was seven for eight uh, in, in the, the, the last game against the Wizards. So, yeah, he's just, I think, feeling pretty good and not forcing much. And, um, you know, okay, the Knicks, Wizard, and Wizards twice are, are not exactly, uh, you know, playoff caliber defense. But, uh, but yeah, he's just playing at an extremely high level. And I think it was Josh Eberly on Twitter made the comment the other day that, you know, Giannis is having the greatest season in NBA history that no one is even, like, considering as MVP worthy, basically. And I think certainly that's something we've, we've talked about a bit, just, you know, how it, we, we get it, right. We understand it. We know why. Um, and, and part of it's obviously just because other players are having great seasons, but, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, the impact he's having on both ends. Um, it's pretty amazing right now. And uh, you know, I, I, the last two games, really, he, he, he has not had a lot of openings early in the game and he's really, been patient he's been more of a distributor in the first quarters 
I don't think he's taken more than two shots in either of the last two first quarters, to be honest. Um, and he didn't really come out a house of fire against the Knicks either and just sort of let the game come to him. And then uh, tonight he ends up, uh, I think he had um, seven or nine points in the second quarter and then scores 20 points in the second half. And, uh, you know, obviously the Bucks win this game by 11. It was not a work of art. Um, they should have won by more. It got closer than it should in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, there was definitely, I feel like, a kind of playing with your food type dimension to this game. But, um, you know, ultimately, uh, we know Giannis had food on his mind after the game. Maybe maybe they had food on their mind during the game, too, <laughs> with some of the, the way it got a little closer. I think it got to within five in the fourth quarter. But um, Giannis, Drew Holiday in particular, I thought Drew did a nice job just deciding he was just going to go to the basket and get some, get some buckets. And, um, you know, again, um, uh, some things I think you can take away, learn from this game, uh, but certainly Giannis delivering. And I think we'll certainly want to talk about Brooke Lopez, who had a, a really nice night uh, tonight with 22 points, seven rebounds, another four blocks. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, it's a road win. Mark it down. Every team in the East seems to be winning games right now, so important to just sort of keep up from a standings perspective as well. Yeah, a couple of quick Giannis ones I want to throw at you before. Yeah, I think we probably should talk about Brooke Lopez. But firstly, you mentioned the food. Watching Giannis completely annihilate that smoothie the other night was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because we often see these players who come to the press conference and they'll have a drink there and they might have a little sip. Giannis is just like, no, I'm just going to crush this thing while this person is asking me the question. Uh, and he's holding it, which made it look like a miniature toy or something in his hand. But it was just absolutely ridiculous. The interesting thing about his domination this month in particular, and really February as well, was was pretty amazing. But so far, in five games in March, he's averaging 28 points, oh, just over 28 points, 11 rebounds, eight and a half assists, only three turnovers, which is really notable and obviously a nice number as well. But the interesting thing is his usage is only at 27%, which is well down on over 32% on the season. And I think the point you made about the fact that nothing is forced, he's being so efficient with picking his spots. He's not, he, he doesn't look like he's really trying to score. Everything is just coming in the flow. And as the game wears on, his ability to facilitate early in the games allows all these gaps to start to open up as the game goes on. So that's the that's the crazy thing for me. Uh, you mentioned that tweet, but it's just such a almost oddly quiet domination from him at the moment. And I'm just not sure that I've seen him look this comfortable on the floor. And that's when, on top of that, you add the fact that yeah, off the court, this guy is just in full comedian mode. I mean, he's just he's, he's just cracking jokes left, right, and center. It's become a real post game bit with him. The question I guess I would throw to you is, you mentioned the free throw shooting and we bring it up obviously from time to time on here and you're well known as uh, a, a man that uh, rides the Giannis free throw roller coaster. So I guess the question I'm asking you at this point, uh, you mentioned 95%, I can't remember what that time frame was, but he's 80% in March. He was 74% in February, which is well removed from the dark days of 58% in January. Are you confident? Are you how are you feeling when you're watching Giannis at the free throw line at the moment? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, much more optimistic than I than I was certainly in the early part of the season. I'm not dreading it like I like I was <laughs> early in the season almost. Um, and uh, you know, again, I, it just sort of gets back to this idea of you know, has he dramatically changed his mechanics? No, 
Um, I think the big change he made, um, I think it was going into the Toronto, first Toronto game in Tampa um, after he got called for that 10 second violation late against the Hawks. You know, he started doing the thing where he basically tells the ref to wait, takes his breath, does his mimed free throw, you know, stroke. And since then, it wasn't immediate, but since then, his free throw shooting has been greatly improved and it's, it's obviously gotten better and better. And, uh, you know, is he going to go seven or seven of seven of eight every night? No, I, I don't think he's, you know, that good of a free throw shooter over a long sample. But we've seen him obviously hit 76%, 77% over full seasons early in his career. So I think the, the fundamental touch is there. And I think as long as, you know, mentally he's in a good place and he's confident and he's not overthinking it, um, you know, I think you just look at the way people's free throw shooting tends to go. Um, yeah, I think he has a precedent for being able to shoot at a, at a pretty decent clip. And so hopefully that's just where he's, you know, sort of heading towards right now. He's up to just under 68% on the season. So obviously I'm, I'm going to be very happy and I'll make note of it once hopefully he hits 70% you know, knock on wood that, that this sort of trajectory continues, um, you know, and he'll have some games where he doesn't shoot as well, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully just some of the mental, um, the mental stuff he's, he's just kind of pushed past because that's, you know, that, that's obviously, I think was just a really big part of this early in the season was just seeing the ball just not go in. And, and I think even his misses, you know, he doesn't, he's not falling into that trap of just sort of short arming stuff and and missing when he does miss really short um it seems like you know his misses are seems more like rim outs now so it just seems like he's in a more kind of consistent place and, and uh, certainly with something like free throw shooting uh consistency is is typically something that that obviously is, is really what you're what you're trying to get to um and and you know you the other thing too i mean this month uh you know only taking 2.2 threes per game but he's at 45.5 percent um so part of that, you know, lower usage is just, again, like you were saying, kind of picking his spots, being patient, um, not kind of forcing up early threes. I thought it was interesting. He is his, his one three tonight was a kind of a, a pull up type of three, but I feel like he's largely kind of pulled that out of his game to an extent. Um, and we've seen him hit some spot ups and, you know, hit some that are kind of more in the, in the flow of things. Fortunately, it was his miss was, kind of a dare three that he air, that he airballed when Westbrook kind of dared him after he hit that first one. But, um, but I think that's really positive. And then I think the other thing I'd point out, I mean, I'm curious to see how these, how the, the assist numbers evolve. Uh, I think, you know, if, if the Bucks wanted Giannis to get 10 assists every night, I think they could, you know, run the ball through him and, you know, you could probably get a lot of assists. Uh, they obviously also have Chris Middleton. They have Drew Holiday. They don't, I think, need him to to be the fulcrum of the offense on every possession obviously they try to have him roll to the rim and screen and do other things too but i think it's to his credit i i mean i know we've sort of talked a bit about i think there was an overreaction to sort of Giannis the screener to some extent as though you know Giannis shouldn't have the ball and you know he he should be just posting up and and rim running and i think he's too talented to just sort of put in a box like that um I think it'll be interesting to see if that sort of like how, how that kind of continues into the playoffs. I think it's understandable late in games. He's not necessarily always going to have the ball in his hands. Um, although he did, you know, make some plays late. I thought the, the reverse pick and roll um, really gave the Wizards lots, lots of problems. The last two games is he got some really easy, late, easy dunks and layups. 
out of those, you know, uh, inverted pick and rolls with the, with a small screen for him at the top. Um, but I thought the other thing, you know, just from his passing, um, you know, just some really nice, I, I think he's getting used to having a man in the dunker spot rather than playing that sort of four out around him type, type of configuration. Uh, I thought he did, he had some really nice playmaking shot found Drew holiday from Bobby Portis a couple times. Um, you know, plays where it looks like he's going to the basket. Robin Lopez rolled over a couple times to challenge a shot, and he just made really nice passes, just dump off passes to a guy around the basket for for a layup. And I think uh, just the way teams collapse on him, most of the time he's going to be a guy that sets up uh, threes for his teammates. I think I think they were showing that stat in the last game that he was uh, right at the top of the league in terms of three pointers created for teammates. I think if you keep if I remember correctly. Um, but it's, I think that's, it speaks volumes about his playmaking that he's also finding, uh, guys around the basket too. And he's making those kinds of reads as well. And that's, you know, sort of indicative of him getting, I think, more comfortable in this offense and knowing where the defense is going to come and, you know, knowing how to bend the defense to, to create open shots for teammates. So, um, I don't know that he's going <laughs> to keep triple doubling, uh, you know, every other night, but. Uh, it's been fun to watch and, and certainly to the extent that he continues to grow as a passer, that's, that is obviously something that, that you can hopefully count on to, to be helpful in the playoffs as well. Okay, let's talk about rockauto.com now, the family business that has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. If you're not an expert, like me, that's totally fine because the catalog is seriously easy to find your way around. You can easily find all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And the best thing about those prices are that they are the same for you as they're going to be for the professional. So why would you bother spending twice as much for exactly the same parts? So all you have to do is go to rockauto.com and see all those parts that are available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I did want to bring up the Dunker spot as well, so I'm glad that you did because... I think that it's also translated in, and I had these numbers uh, up yesterday. I was looking at these, so I don't have them in front of me now. But either way, I think everyone listening will understand the point here. I, I think it has helped with his offensive fouls as well, which, I mean, it's kind of funny not to bring that up because he was called for a charge tonight, which was a kind of uh, skeptical call. Let's say that Russell Westbrook, uh, he went to the floor pretty pretty easily. We'll say that. But I do think that Giannis took a little while Took a little while to figure it out, but now he does know, as you pointed to, that once he gets into the paint, regardless of whether there is a man there in a dunker spot or not, it's virtually impossible for the defense not to be drawn to Giannis with multiple bodies to try and slow him down. And I just think that he's done a better job of probably just being half a step slower 
in, in making his decision, which means that oftentimes he is able to find that dump off pass. So yeah, that's been really fun. And really it's been an easy avenue for padding those assist numbers. And they are obviously a high percentage basket as well. And, you know, the Bucks actually do have a, a bunch of guys that can cut to the basket pretty well. And Drew's certainly added a, an aspect of that in, in this season in the offense. And Pat Connaughton, we know, is a, is a great uh, cutter. And Dante DiVincenzo is always ducking to the basket as well. So I think having those guys around, putting them in those positions and Giannis now adjusting to that, I think has been a nice uh, little addition there. As far as Brooke Lopez goes, tonight... I think the interesting thing when you look at the box score from his game, 22 points, this is the third time this season he's had 20-plus points. Uh, Season high was 23, so just fell short of that. But he was 0 for 3 from the three-point line, 8 for 12 from 2, got to the free-throw line six times. uh, That would have to be up there this season as well. He's not a guy that lives at the free-throw line exactly, but it was really interesting in the post-game. First, Mike Budenholzer said that uh, we weren't really looking for Brooke Moore. That hasn't been a, an initiative of ours. This is Brooke, I think, just being more aggressive, particularly early in the games. He had eight quick points in this one. And a lot of them have come in the paint and have come close to the basket. And I think earlier in the season, we saw a lot of Brooke taking those fadeaway mid-range jump shots, which we know he can hit. And obviously, the threes are always going to be there. But I think him becoming a little more aggressive with the way that he's looking to score in the paint has been certainly noticeable over the last week or so. And even he himself admitted that it is, or it has been a little bit challenging at times to figure out what he should do, where he should be, particularly with the addition of Drew Holiday into the starting lineup as another guy that is always looking to score. And I asked him, I said, is it hard for you, someone who clearly could probably do a lot more offensively, but you're not expected to or you're not asked to within the offense, how do you mentally sort of come to the conclusion that it's okay, I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to be a major piece of the offense? And he said, well, it is challenging and it's something that you just have to come to terms with the fact that the role you are playing is best for the team. And he said, when I'm playing next to Chris Giannis and Drew, I can kind of bring myself to the conclusion that it's okay that I am a fourth option or a fifth option in the offense and I just have to take what is there for me. But at the same time, it can be a little bit easy to just stand on the perimeter and jack up threes. And he's really making a concerted effort to be more of an option offensively. We've discussed this. I've said, I don't know what you expect from him. He's shooting mid thirties from three. He's getting you double digit scoring uh, each night, but certainly games like this are going to crop up. We've seen it in the past, but it's a nice reminder. This guy can still be a scoring threat in this offense on, on certain nights. Yeah, Bucks scored 70 in the paint tonight. Um, they just <laughs> owned the paint uh, against the Wizards tonight. They, they only shot 28 threes, 11 out of 28. I mean, it's 39%, very solid shooting percentage, but really didn't shoot as many threes as we're used to them shooting. The Wizards actually 16 out of 38, so they were plus 15 from the three-point line. Um, so it really was the paint that, that was ultimately the difference in this game. And Brooke, you know, last game, he was only he only took three shots in the paint, hit two of them. Uh, tonight he makes eight out of nine in the paint, uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, out of those six free throws, and um, you know, just I thought there was that period in the last game where Westbrook, first off, Dante Divincenzo cannot cannot guard Russell Westbrook; he's just too physical. Dante cannot keep him out of the paint, and Russ is you know smart enough that once he you know kind of can bully his way into the paint. Um, 
he's also able to look for uh, you know a big man like like Brooke. Uh, there were I think there were two or three possessions you know in, in in quick succession in the second half in the Saturday game where where Brooke was guarding Alex Len and I think it was Dante and I think it was Dante each time kind of got bullied a little bit and and Brooke tries to come over and help as Westbrook is you know basically getting at the basket and Westbrook then finds Len for for dunks and and that was sort of in that period where uh, you know you thought the Bucks. They had made, they had come back, they'd taken a lead. You thought maybe the Bucks were going to really extend it. And then, you know, they weren't really able to get that separation. And, uh, you know, in that game, I think Brooke was like a minus 12. Tonight, he's a plus 12. Len's a minus nine. Or, yeah, Len, sorry, Len was minus 16 and 18 minutes, just one out of four field. Um, so really sort of flipping flipping the tables on on that matchup from the last game. And uh, obviously adding the four blocks himself, you know, just seemed to be in a, in a pretty good, in a pretty good place. And, you know, we saw him, that was interesting early in the game. I thought early in the game, the Bucks did a nice job, of just sort of like preventing Bradley Beal from kind of taking too many shots. And, you know, ultimately you look at the numbers, I mean, Beal ends up 13 out of 19, 37 points in 42 minutes. He obviously got his, but, um, you know, it, 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 at least they were able to contain Westbrook versus what they did on Saturday, eight out of 19 from Westbrook, 23 points in 39 minutes. But, um, but yeah, I thought Brooke was just generally in a kind of better, better place and Bucks gave up 42 paint points, but obviously a plus 28, uh, you will happily take a plus 28 advantage in the paint, especially given, uh, what that kind of added up to in terms of, of total differential, um, and, and how important that, that was to, to the Bucks tonight. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I think certainly encouraging just to see, you know, Brooke involved playing at a, at a pretty high level defensively playing at a pretty high level offensively. Uh, you know, the defense is always going to be the more important thing with him, but for him to be that sort of threat on both ends. And uh, as you're pointing out, I mean, he, he has, he has, especially like on those like turnaround jumpers, he has an amazing touch at sort of these like awkward mid-range shots that he would sometimes <laughs> take out of post-ups. Um, but it's all kind of a blessing and a curse because I feel like, especially early in the season, it felt like when he did get post-touches, it just felt like he would settle for, shots where he's moving away from the basket. And when you're as big as he is, you know, you really like to put a dude under the rim, right? And and take better advantage of your size, even if you do have good touch. So uh, I think tonight it, it did feel like he was more around the basket. He wasn't just settling for kind of tough step backs. Um, and, uh, you know, no surprise, eight out of 12 shooting, 22 points, um, certainly showing that that his aggression was well rewarded. Time to talk about betonline.ag. And if you do follow me on Twitter, you'll see that we've been doing these post-game little video clips, 60-second grabs with the key takeaway from the game, Frank. And, and quite honestly, every game right now, I'm talking about Giannis being the MVP. And I, I'm, you know, I, I just finding it harder and harder to believe that he can't be in that conversation. So if you want to check out the MVP odds, see where Giannis is at as he continues to go on an absolute tear, then go to the website betonline.ag and find out for yourself because they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and of course, 
we have to talk about Built Bar Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate covering them. Now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. And uh, listen, we're into the sweetest 16. You may have heard me mention this yesterday. And I know Justin wasn't a big fan of the coconut bars, but I am. I'm a big coconut guy. So when I'm looking at the matchup in the sweetest 16 between the peanut butter brownie and the coconut almond, I'm probably going the coconut almond. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have peanut butter versus coconut puff. Again, I'm probably going with coconut puff. But if you want to find out what the bracket is for yourself, if you want to put in an order, uh, you can do all that by going to builtbar.com and also checking out the Twitter at bar underscore built. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get your 50, uh, 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. Increasing your basketball IQ starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you the most in-depth scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get your podcasts. I think part of that, in terms of the shot selection, has come through certainly the early stages of the buddy era where it's like, well, we don't really want you in the paint because we want Giannis to have a clear path to the basket. But it's it's funny because there was certainly a period where I thought, has Brooke Lopez ever missed one of these turnaround, one knee, slow motion, fadeaway shots? It just felt yeah. like he hit them all. Um, He's always but, hit them. Weird. Yeah, but when he misses them, you're just like, oh my goodness, that is an awful looking shot, which is kind of the funny thing about it. I wanted to go back to the defense just a little bit because... I don't think we touched on this as much as I would have liked on yesterday's uh, pod. So four blocks for Brooke Lopez tonight. But this has been something endless. And everyone listening to the pod knows I've been defending Brooke Lopez all year. Particularly, I just think that defensively, a lot of times he's become a bit of a scapegoat for the Bucks' defensive struggles or their defensive adjustments. And I think the situation that you outlined with a guy like Russell Westbrook on the perimeter who is clearly dominating... It's hard for Brook Lopez then, and maybe he is a step slow on some of those uh, help plays trying to to help out Dante DiVincenzo there on the perimeter. But this has been a problem all season long, and Bud has consistently talked about it, the fact that the Bucks guards a lot of the time haven't been able to stay in front of their man on the perimeter. And I just think that when I was watching that game and Alex Len, I think, had six points, we had eight points in quick succession in the third quarter, I was saying, yeah, I get it. It's Alex Len. I get he's getting layups and dunks. But the issues are starting on the perimeter. And I, I just think that it was I, was... I was glad that you pointed that out because this has happened a lot this year. And this isn't saying that Brook Lopez is, should escape all criticism defensively and he hasn't been at his best. That's totally fine. I'm fine with that. But I do think, again, it, it was a nice reminder that defense and particularly the way the Bucks have played defense over the years as a team, it, it's, sometimes it's not as simple as looking at the end result and pointing the finger at one player. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned the other day with with Justin. I mean, look, is Brook Lopez a guaranteed closer every night? No, I don't. I don't think he is. Um, and I think you just have to. I, mean, I think at this point, and that's going to be true of of 
pretty much anybody his size who's not you know Joel Embiid or or Nikola Jokic for the most part, right? <laughs> I mean, there's like those handful of like superstar big guys, um, but otherwise, I mean, I think most teams are going to have nights where they're not going to want to close with with their traditional centers. And Brook is as good as he is defensively, and as much as he's a skilled guy offensively who can do different things, uh, we've seen it. There, there are going to be nights where the other team goes really small, and especially given that you're not playing through book offensively you're not you're not looking to really punish small guys defensively against brook because you've got these other really talented guys that that you're playing through um you know there's going to be nights where it, it certainly makes sense to close with Giannis at center or you know i don't know what we'll, we'll see i mean be honest and portis you know it's obviously the other the other obvious option that, that you could go with so um so yeah i, I think look brook is a, a guy as a, as a big man in today's game um, there are going to be nights where he's, you know, going to be less advantageous to play and, and, or maybe even hard to play him if, if a team's playing really small and you know, you're forcing his switches. I don't, I don't think he's a guy that like, you know, is just killed in, in switches, but, um, but certainly when you got the Devin Bookers and Chris Pauls of the world, uh, they can put, you know, anybody, even guys like Giannis at times on skates or, you know, they can get, they can get those step back shots. And if they're hitting them, um, it's, it's, you know, you could sort of tip your cap. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, look, is Brooke at the same level defensively as a year ago? I, I would say no. Um, and to kind of what you were saying the other night, I think some of that is, is just, look, he's not getting younger, but I think probably the bigger part is just, Bucks are trying different things defensively and the league is continuing to evolve and I think making it harder and harder to, to keep defensive, you know, keep kind of big defensive types of guys on the floor at all times. And so they do end up being more sort of situational positional type players. And they're going to be nights like tonight where he plays 33 minutes and you're going to feel great about what he does, but then they're going to be nights where he probably should play, you know, 20, 24 minutes and, and not close a game. And that's probably his, his best outcome. And I think one of the questions is just, you know, can Bud, figure out when to dial him up and when to dial him down. All right. Last one I've got for you from this game. Bryn Forbes. I know we spoke about his shooting the other day. Uh, He was two for eight in the first game against the Wizards on the weekend, two for two tonight, had 10 points. I just really wanted to point out that I just really have a lot of fun watching this guy fly around the perimeter. There was that one play in the third quarter, I believe it was, where he almost looked like he was about to set a screen for Giannis and then just kept sprinting to the corner, got bumped in midair. He starts slapping the floor. He's pumped up because he nearly got the shot down. And I know we spoke last week about the, the shooters that the Bucks have had in, in years gone by, and we mentioned Kyle Korver, obviously. But maybe it is just the fact that I don't think the Bucks have had a, a player that moves without the ball with as much uh, speed as what Brian Forbes does. I just go back to when the Bucks signed him and I, you know, I'd watched enough of the Spurs. I, I thought, yeah, Brent Forbes is a nice shooter. I probably didn't expect to enjoy watching him, the way he goes about it and the way he tries to seek shots and the, and the, the combination that he has and has continued to develop with Giannis. I probably just didn't expect that I was going to enjoy watching that as much as I have. And I, I just wanted to bring that up. He's, he's, I'm really having a, a ball watching him shoot the ball. I'll offer a slight counter argument for me. First off, anybody who gets Giannis assists is obviously <laughs> generally going to be somebody I like, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and, you know, as we've talked about Giannis and, and Forbes, I think play off each other nicely. Giannis knows, knows how to look for him and, you know, they're able to run the sort of two man game actions. Well, um, I think, you know, one of the things with Forbes, one of the clear limitations with him is, is, I mean, look, 
he's shooting the lights out this year. So it's not like he's taking a lot of shots that, you know, you should say he shouldn't, or he's, you know, jacking up a bunch of bad shots. It's, it's obviously not really affecting his, his percentage that much. Um, but he is absolutely a gunner. He's the kind of guy who, you know, he gets the ball. He wants to pull the, pull the trigger on a three. It's not there. He dribbles in. He wants to figure out how to get a shot off. He takes an off balance, like mid range too. Yeah. Uh, those are the shots I could live without. I, I wish he would probably be a little more patient or, uh-huh. you know, show a little bit more ability to, to, to make a, a decent pass. Like I don't think I'm ever expecting Bryn Forbes to make a pocket pass or, you know, <laughs> if he's got a screen, I don't think he's ever, you know, taking the screen to, to then kick it back to the role, man. Um, you know, that, that obviously is also why he's the guy that you got for basically the minimum um, versus the guy, the guy that commanded more of a premium. So like, you know, you don't get guys as cheap as Forbes um, unless they have some flaws. So uh, I think that that's obviously just kind of the downside of him, but, but certainly his shooting um, has been, uh, you know, a, a huge plus all year. And it's one of the reasons, you know, you, you, I mean, you have to tip your cap. I mean, you know, you think about those, the, the three guys, the Bucks signed and we thought, yeah, they're probably going to be, you know, a better shooting team this year. We didn't know how much better. Um, but, you know, even Augustine, who who has struggled inside the arc tremendously and hasn't necessarily, necessarily found his footing, he's obviously shot the ball respectably from three. And, you know, Forbes and Bobby Portis have really just shot the lights out, right? I mean, they're, you know, literally like near the top of the league, uh, both of them in terms of three-point shooting. And obviously Portis, not not on big volumes, but his ability to stretch the floor has has obviously been a really nice compliment, and um, you know not to just not to get off of Forbes thing too much, but you know I think there was the the talk community around Bobby Portis was, well, can playing in the Buck system really help him defensively? You know, can it cover up some of his defensive weaknesses? I think that has happened to an extent, especially playing with Giannis. Um, but it's also really, I mean. The, the, the really big change I think in Portis is, is he's a much more efficient scorer than he was in previous years. And I think maybe a lot of people didn't realize how inefficient he was as a scorer, but you know, he took a lot of mid range jump shots, a lot of post-ups didn't shoot tons of threes and he didn't shoot many free throws. And so even though he is a skilled guy really has not been a very efficient scorer, even though he's you know been a guy that generally scores, you know, pretty much always 18 points per 36 minutes, right? He's always in that kind of a point every two minutes type guy. And he's, right there again this year, but he's just way more efficient doing it. And obviously that's been a major plus for the Bucks offense. And, and one of the reasons why they, you know, they're having, I think, I think they're, they're still behind the nets, I believe, but they're, you know, on paper, at least the, the second most efficient offense in NBA history. So, um, so yeah, shout out to, to Forbes as, as well as Bobby Portis. I think those guys have just shot it extremely well and showed good aggression looking for those threes. And, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe at times I, wish for it to be a little more selective with those those dribbling twos but overall uh difficult to find a lot to complain about especially just given the the value price that that you paid for him 722 total minutes for forbes this year frank that's 18.5 minutes per game in 39 appearances how many total assists do you think he has (laughs) i figured you were gonna ask me this um uh i don't know i'll i'll one assist a game, something like that. I don't know. What is he at? Yeah, he's at 23. 0.6 assists per game for <laughs> Bryn Forbes, which uh, 
is a significant step down from his career high of 2.1 per game when he was with the Spurs. Yeah. Although, at that point, he was playing 28 minutes per game and, and as a starter. So, you know, we'll see. Look, he, he's out there to shoot. The, the other night after the game, Eric asked him on the, the triple-double three that he hit, he said, did you realize that it was Giannis's 10th assist potential and you were going to get that shot up? And he said, I didn't really care whether it was his 10th assist or not. That shot was going up. So that, that pretty much uh, sums up what you're talking about there. But the Bucks. It almost feels like the good old regular season days. They've won nine of the last 10. And they beat the Wizards a couple of times here. Sixers up next. 11 games over 500. So they're keeping pace with the Sixers and uh, also Brooklyn. But like Giannis said today, day off tomorrow, eat some bad food and get ready for the game on uh, Wednesday against the Sixers, Frank. Uh, I'm I'm not a world class athlete, but but I guess I, I, there'll probably be a lot of us that that uh, take his lead and do the same. So uh, yeah, looking forward to Wednesday. Not not quite the massive matchup uh, with with Embiid due to due to his injury, but certainly an opportunity for the Bucks to to beat a Sixer team that is is not going to be at full strength and you know cut into that uh, that lead atop the East and try to keep this rolling. You know, and the Bucks have not you know this is this has not been. You know the Bucks. Uh, I would say this has not been the Bucks at at peak Bucks. I don't think at this mm-hmm. point. You know we've seen them have some bobbles, including these two games against the Wizards. But uh, you know, I think in general, winning games is I, I think is important. I think you know to quote Giannis, right, building some good habits, getting a little bit more fluidity defensively. Um, we didn't talk a lot about that tonight. On the you know defensively tonight, there were certainly some some things that, that left some things to be desired, some blown switches, things like that. But, um, but overall, obviously, you know, the defensive rating on it was actually 113, which is three points worse than, than their average. So it wasn't like this is a pace game, it was a high pace game tonight. So the, the total points kind of um, mask uh, the, the, the efficiency uh, that was, you know, not, not off the charts for the Wizards, but um, obviously they're a team that can kind of put up a lot of points. So, um, you know, Philly has, had had no problems these last two games without Embiid, and you just hope the Bucks can can come in and and uh, make life much more difficult on them, and hopefully come out with a win. You never know; could be important for tie-breaking uh, situations later on in the season. Obviously, they have to play the Sixers three times before the season's over, but we can talk about that more tomorrow. So we'll leave it there. Bucks beat the Wizards one thirty-three to one twenty-two, and I do want to reveal while Frank was talking during this podcast. Inspired by Giannis, I did have a slice of pizza. So that's, uh, that's um, you, you know, appreciate Giannis for giving, putting the idea in my head. I, I had to eat pizza. I might go to the wings in the smoothie next. Who knows? But we'll be back tomorrow. As I said, we'll talk a bit about sixes. Stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.